Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Profit Podcast, everything NFL and fantasy football related all season long with your host, Calvin Wright. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Profit Podcast. We are heading into week 15. Crazy how fast the season has gone. I'm sorry for the lack of analysis on this page this past week. I've been very busy. First, I was sick. Then I had finals, but I am back. This podcast, I'm going to make up for it. I'm going over about 20 different players, 20 different quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. It is a jam-packed show. I'm going to be telling you everything you need to know heading into this week so you can make the Super Bowl. So let's just start right off the bat. Ryan Tannehill. So a while ago, I posted a big article on Ryan Tannehill. I claimed he was a playoff savior who would win you your league. And so far, that prediction, it looks pretty good. However, we are one week before your Super Bowl, and I honestly have a bad feeling. Tannehill, he has the best adjusted completion percentage since 2016. Tannehill, he's playing too well, I fear. And Okay, he's not one of the best quarterbacks in this league. He's he's just not. Yes, he does look largely improved since his days in Miami, and he has better weapons here in Tennessee. However, I don't think he's going to keep this up. This this week, everyone's got him starting. He's got a matchup as good as uh, as good as gold, and I think it's a textbook trap game. We see these trap games every season. Players, they're playing at a peak level. They, they're playing in a game that you think they should have a great day for them. And somehow they just get brought back to earth by a bad defense. Now against the Texans, he should have this good game. But I just, I got a bad feeling about this, honestly. So this is mostly a gut feeling. And the matchup, like I said, it is great. So if you don't have a better options, by all means, keep Tannehill in. But if you can't decide between Tannehill and another decent quarterback like Drew Brees, I would be a little cautious with Tannehill this week. I actually would. I think he comes back down to earth this week and has you know, a bus game in the, against the Texans. It, it doesn't make sense. Everything seems perfect, and that's what I fear. I fear everything is too perfect to last. All right, Drew Brees is the next quarterback we will be talking about. Can you trust Drew Brees? It's a good question. It's a popular question. Uh, let's take a look at his stats, because there seems to be this narrative going around that Drew Brees is now somehow bad and washed up, almost like he's Philip Rivers or something. And as you can see, Let's take a look at his stats. Let me pull them up. Drew Brees. It's very interesting. I was looking at this this morning. Week one against Houston, he had 25 fantasy points. That's a good game. Then he was injured in the Atlanta. He came back week eight, 26 points against Arizona. Now against Atlanta, after that bye, he had the the terrible game, 11 points, which did not help anyone starting him. And then against Tampa Bay, he put up a good game with 21 points. Carolina, 24. And then Atlanta, again, he busted with 11 points. Pretty much exact same stat line. And then San Francisco last week, as we all know, he exploded 349 yards, 5 touchdowns, 42 fantasy points. 
But but let's take a look at that because, in my opinion, Drew Brees, he has not been bad. He really hasn't been. Atlanta, as we can see, they somehow have the Saints figured out. They know how to stop Drew Brees this season. But if we can, if we compress these stats and say Brees has faced six teams this year, and against these six teams he has played poorly against one team, it seems a lot worse since he missed the time and his numbers, you know, he's not high up as a ranking because he missed that time in those two bad games right back to back almost. But Breeze, he has not been bad at all. He's coming off a great game. Alvin Kamara, I think he is injured. He is not playing uh, the way we expect Alvin Kamara to play. And Breeze, he is at home where he plays much better football. I'm starting Drew Breeze with confidence this week. If I've got Tannehill, I would actually look to start Drew Breeze over him. And that's a that's a stack I've seen in several leagues. I'm actually going against someone this week with Breeze and Tannehill, so hopefully I'm wrong with that one. But, uh, but yeah, I'm starting Breeze with confidence this week. All right, the next quarterback we're going to take a look at is Matt Ryan. Now, I am not starting Matt Ryan this week unless I have no other options. Ryan, he's been pretty inconsistent overall not very good. Now, a lot of this can be contributed contributed to injuries to his receivers, and he has a terrible offensive line. However, the 49ers defense, they have an incredible pass rush, and I think they're going to murder Matt Ryan, honestly. Well, the secondary, it's kind of banged up. They just allowed the big game to the Saints. Uh, they could they could allow for some big plays this week, but without Ridley there and no time in the pocket, I could see Matt Ryan turning in, into a turnover and sack machine this weekend. So I'm moving away from Matt Ryan this week. He's one of my bigger busts of the week. All right, the last quarterback I'm going to talk about, Kyler Murray. All right, Kyler, he's he's hit a bit of a rough spot this season. Well, Murray, he's far from a great, competent quarterback. I think a lot of these struggles, it can be pinned on his matchups, honestly, and a lack of David Johnson. Well, we don't really know what's going on there with David Johnson. David Johnson, I think DJ does get more involved this week. I I think that he was playing injured, banged up. He wasn't 100%, no way. So I think David Johnson gets a little more involved this week. We saw him catch the touchdown pass last week. Now, before the bye, Murray had three great games, one against Tampa Bay and two against San Francisco. Then he busted against the Rams coming off the bye week, which honestly was to be expected with Jalen Ramsey there. And then Pittsburgh killed him, forced him to make some really terrible mistakes there. But I think he bounces back in a big way against Cleveland this week. Well, it doesn't look like a great matchup on paper. The Browns, they have allowed quarterbacks to run. They've allowed three rushing touchdowns from the quarterback in the past five games. And I think Murray takes advantage of this. And he shows us some flashes of why he was drafted number one this year. So moving on to the running backs, Uh, Devin Singletary is the first one we are going to be talking about. Singletary, he's actually been very consistent the last couple weeks. He's as efficient as ever, and he's been used in the pass game, which is really something we love to see since coming into the pros. His biggest knock on him, besides his size and speed, was that he does not catch the ball. But he has proven to be a pretty good pass-catching back. Um, and he's shown us that he can have a good fantasy day without finding the end zone. He's not exactly touchdown-dependent like some other options like uh, like David Montgomery is, for example. So Singletary, he has also shown that he's, at this point, almost matchup-proof, which sounds weird to say because you usually say matchup-proof for guys like uh, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. But last three games, Denver, Dallas, Baltimore, three very hard matchups, and he goes out and he, he just makes people miss. He plays the exact same way against good defenses, bad defenses. He's averaging five yards per carry. 
his workload, it stayed consistent and stayed as a pretty good workload with Frank Gore still there. I am starting Singletary this week, uh, even against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, great defense, but I think Singletary can have a good fantasy day. All right, next up is Todd Gurley. Last three or four weeks, Todd Gurley, he has been great. I am staying in the flames with Todd Gurley. The Rams, they are going to run heavy. The Ram and Gurley, he's seen 20 or more carries past couple weeks, and he still hasn't been used in the past game like we'd hoped or like we'd seen in years past, but that could very easily change. And Gurley, he could go from good to being Todd Gurley like we know and love. These flashes aren't just, ah, he, there's a random running back on the Rams who had three good games. No, you have to remember... Todd Gurley, he is one of the best running backs in the league. He has been for several years. He's done it consistently, and he's just getting back on track now. I think they were trying to save him for a playoff run with his arthritis. So stop underestimating Gurley and start playing him. I've seen far too many questions on Twitter, on Instagram, saying, do I start Gurley? Or so? Gurley should be in your lineup from here on out. All right, Raheem Mostert is the next one. Now, I made Tevin Coleman a my guy this offseason, so while this pains me a little bit, uh, I can explain. I didn't exactly love Tevin Coleman himself as a player. I more loved the lead running back for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, Raheem Mostert has taken over this role, and he has been great. He, We don't have to guess now and say, well, they might go with a hot hand or it's going to go back to... Uh, to a different running back because they have so many guys back there. Uh, Shanahan, he came out earlier this week. He said he's the guy. He's given us no other choice with the way he's played. So Mostert, he's incredibly efficient. He's explosive. He's found the end zone three games in a row now. I expect that continue to this week against the Atlanta Falcons, which is a very porous defense. I think he easily has a great game. All right, one more or two more running backs. Patrick Laird, Layard, I'm not really sure how to say it, but he did something that no other Dolphins running back has done this season, and that's looked somewhat okay. He had a horrible game against the Eagles, but I'm mostly just looking at the Jets game stat-wise. He had some big plays and stuff, but here's what I want to look at. The matchup and the receiving role he's taken over. The Giants this week, that is a great matchup. And the Bengals next week, another uh, two great matchups. But the past two games, he's seen five targets and four receptions in each. And these aren't just screen passes or dump-offs. They send him out wide as a receiver, and they, they're willing to throw it to him deep. The Dolphins, they throw a lot. And now with Parker injured, he is helping fill this role. Liard, Patrick Liard, Liard... Um, He's a solid flex option this week against an atrocious defense. I expect 80 yards and a touchdown at least. All right. Josh Jacobs and DeAndre Washington is a topic I want to talk about, especially as a uh, Josh Jacobs owner in two leagues. Uh, (laughs) So it's pretty simple, in my opinion. I'm hoping Josh Jacobs is out because if he is, DeAndre Washington is suddenly a great play we saw last week. He's a pretty decent running back who can take advantage of a good matchup. Now, Washington, as I said, looked more than capable. And this week matchup against the Jaguars, it's great. However, Jacobs, the most recent report I can find, says he plans to play. In which case, I honestly look to move on from both of them. Jacobs, he could easily re-aggravate his shoulder during the game and leave early on, and suddenly your running back one scores two points. And if you've got Jacobs, I'd actually try to pick up someone like Patrick Laird, who I just talked about. If Jacobs plays, I don't want to start him. It's an injured guy with a capable handcuff in my fantasy playoffs. 
not my cup of tea. I just don't have enough confidence. I'm not willing to take that risk when there are guys on the waivers that I would be comfortable starting. All right, wide receivers. We're flying through this. Let's see. Uh, I'm making pretty good time. All right, Michael Gallup. Uh, Michael Gallup, I think he's in for a huge game. Gallup, he's coming off a strong performance. Led He led the team in receiving yards with 109. A lot of garbage time, but still have points. Now, Ramsey, he's going to be shadowing Amari Cooper, and I think Dak is going to look to Gallup a lot. Gallup, he does well against really good defenses with star cornerbacks. Exploded against the Lions when Slay was shadowing Amari Cooper. He had a great game against the Vikings when Rhodes was shadowing Cooper again. Now, albeit Cooper exploded that game as well, but I expect a similar outcome from Gallup this week, so make sure you start him. I think Gallup he could be a weak winner this week. He's going to have a huge game. I am starting him over Josh Jacobs in one league as a flex. So that's just... just Also, in this time with the injuries in the playoffs, be creative. Move around your flexes. Try to, try to maximize. If you've got someone who you think could go out as an injury, make sure you... Uh, don't just look for... Don't just look for upside on the waivers. Uh, right now, you want some insurance with your players, so don't just look for upside. Make sure you're looking at people who will be on the field. That's one of the main reasons, as going back to Josh Jacobs, that I don't want to play him this week because, yes, the upside is there. Josh Jacobs could play. He could not get re-aggravated, and he could have a great game, but there's also the chance that he's just out of the game. So that's when you're looking for guys to fill in um, People like Michael Gallup with the upside, but also with, you know, even if Amari Cooper has a good game, Gallup will still have a good game too. So make sure you're just, when you're making these lineups, don't just think about upside. A lot of people in the playoffs, they get almost too creative and are like, well, this guy's going to explode. Just, you need players who are going to play. <laughs> All right, so a little uh, tangent over. Tyler Lockett is the next wide receiver to talk about. Lockett. Uh, he's been very bad these past three weeks, and I think that's going to change. Uh, why? Because Tyler Lockett, I really don't think, was fully healthy. Uh, let's take a look at what Pete Carroll said about him. He said, Lockett is really back in form this week. He then said he was pretty good last week, and he's going into this week roaring to go. Uh, those are the words from Pete Carroll himself. So if we look at weeks 1 through 10 when Lockett was, you know, healthy, he was the number 5 wide receiver. I have no concerns starting him if he's healthy. And this is a good matchup. He is healthy. I expect him to explode. Lockett, he has so much upside, you can't bench him. He's going to have games with 40 points and win you your week. This could be one of those. While I do expect a big game from Carson, I think Wilson, he's also going to be very solid. And Lockett's going to be a big factor. Uh, Lockett, he's... I Okay. I expect him 100% to finish as a wide receiver one this week. But I would put money on this that he may finish as the wide receiver one this week. I'm very confident Lockett explodes this week and has one of his Tyler Lockett 35-point games. All right, the next one I want to talk about is Terry McLaurin. This one, it's hard because McLaurin, he's hurt you a lot recently, but I think you can start McLaurin this week. Two of the past three games, he's been pretty good. And while he has the ability to destroy your team with two points, he's incredibly talented and he's going against an incredibly terrible secondary. Just gave up a huge game to Darius Slayton. So I'm not excited about starting McLaurin just because there's that huge risk of Dwayne Haskins as his quarterback. But I think you can start him and I think he'll get it done this week. He's a he's a pretty solid flex option wide receiver 3. 
All right, next up is Christian Kirk. Kirk, he's been pretty inconsistent, but that upside is there. I talked about Kyler having a big game. I think that means Kirk does too. Even last week against Pittsburgh, Kirk scored 16 points. I think there are better options, but I think Kirk is very startable this week. I think, as I mentioned earlier, I think Kyler has a big game, and Kirk, he's that main wide receiver to benefit, so I would be looking to start him as, once again, a wide receiver three or a flex with massive upside. I think he's a bit safer than Terry McLaurin, Uh, so those are two that I think you can start not too excited, but Christian Kirk is one that I like a bit more than McLaurin. So I would actually start Kirk. I am in one league. Hopefully it pays off. And then I wanted to say Justin Wilson, He's he filled in. Mike Evans got injured, uh, tore his hamstring, hamstring sprain. So Wilson is someone who I would keep an eye on. Uh, I'm trying to find him. I'm trying to look up his stats. I can't even find this guy. <laughs> but he he had a very good game, I believe, off the top of my head. He had 16 points when Mike Evans went out. So he's someone who could definitely... Justin Watson. I had the name wrong. Okay. Justin Watson. He had, yeah, 16.9 points last week against Indianapolis. This week against Detroit, that is a good... A, that's a very good matchup. And then he's got Houston the next week. So he's someone who just... I won't start. But he was someone I may pick up and put on my roster in case, just in case he turns out to be something. Uh, this is his second season, hasn't really done much. But just just keep an eye on him is more what I'm saying. Uh, because he may be a hot waiver pickup next week. So Justin Watson, keep an eye on him this week. I think he, he could have a good game, but no way you're starting him. All right, let's go on to the tight ends. Ian Thomas is the first we're going to talk about. Last week... Week or last year, week 14, Ian Thomas scored 16.70 points. This year, week 14, Ian Thomas scored 16.70 points. What does this mean? It's probably just a weird coincidence, but Ian Thomas has shown that he's a good replacement tight end when Greg Olson is out. Seattle, they're one of the worst tight end defenses in the league, and Ian Thomas, he is one of my favorite tight ends this week. He has a pretty safe floor with those dump-offs from Kyle Allen, uh, and I I like him a lot more than some of the other waiver-wire tight ends. Now, albeit week 15 of last year, he put up three points, so hopefully hopefully he breaks that trend. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I would I would start Ian Thomas if you're hurting at tight end like so many of us are. I think he finds the end zone at least once, and I'd play him over a lot of these other uh, waiver-wire guys. Now, the next tight end is David Njoku. I've talked a lot about him, so I'll keep it brief, but Njoku, he plays the Arizona Cardinals. That's it. I I don't know if you'll see enough volume. You never really know with these tight ends. But in a world where good tight ends, they're hard to come by, I think it's a good gamble just based off of the matchup and his talent. All right, Tyler Higby is the last tight end. Higby, he's coming off two straight great games, and that's hard to find in a tight end consistency. So I am starting him with confidence. Other than, you know, the big three with the Ertz, Kelsey, Kittle, uh, Waller is even in there now, kind of. He's one of my favorite tight ends, and I think he has another strong outing. I, I'm i starting Higby over pretty much any other tight end this week. All right, now, as uh, promised, uh, the kicker of the week, which... This one is a Young Ho Ku. He's the kicker for the uh He's the kicker for the Atlanta Falcons. I'm trying to pull up his 
game from last week. He had 19 points, a very, very good week from a kicker. Now, this week he plays San Francisco, and you can make these narratives that, oh, they're going to move the ball and then stall out. I don't know. Kickers, almost impossible to predict. But what I do know is my brother, who plays fantasy football, this may sound silly, but hear me out, every year he's a bottom seed, barely makes the playoffs, and then he always has a random kicker who explodes in the playoffs, and he makes it way farther than he should just based off this kicker. Uh, last year, he had Kaimi Fairborn, uh, who, if you played last year, you probably remember uh, in the playoffs, yes, 21 points, 22 points. And he made it to the Super Bowl, basically banking on Kaimi Fairborn this year. He picked up Young Hoku, made it through the first round because of Young Hoku, and... Just so you know, I have no bias. I'm going against my brother this year in the playoffs right this week. And I am very nervous about Young Hoku because I know what has happened before. So if you don't know who to start at kicker, take a look at Young Hoku uh, based off my brother starting him, which sounds ridiculous, but it's happened before. <laughs> All right. So that is the end of the show. I think I made pretty good time on that. Uh, we're at about yeah, 20, 23 minutes. So uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode and make sure you follow. Uh, actually, I'm going to give a little plug to XFL.TheProfit on Instagram. I have made a XFL page where I'll be posting news, updates, analysis of XFL players and teams. So if you're interested in XFL or uh, at least curious, make sure you check that out. It's uh, kind of an experiment right now, but I'm hoping it goes well. So, yeah, that's it. That's it. So, have a good week, and I hope your matchups go well. I will see you most likely this Wednesday when I go over some fantasy football stuff. All right, have a good week.